Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. I love this time of year, but a lot of people don't. And, um, and I, find, I find it intriguing because when we're talking about Christmas and what it means, for a lot of people, it's, it's kind of meaningless. For some, it's a downer because everybody's happy and they do the whole comparison and especially social media sites uh, with other people, highlight reels and all the rest of it. But uh, I like to think of, well, if I bring it back to what it's really about, it's just so much not about me. And he didn't uh, die for uh, a feel good for him. He died for all of us. And um, so I've got a message this morning. And I've called it the seed that saved the world. The seed that saved the world. I don't know about anyone else, but when it comes to buying presents for, and gifts for people for birthdays, for Christmas, for whatever, I find it really hard. I find it hard to pick the right thing because everybody's taste is different. Uh, we got young people, old people in our lives, and of course their gift is going to be different. We've got male and female. The gifts are going to be different for both. And I just find that I, I spend a lot of time thinking, uh, what would they want, especially when it comes to like my wife. Uh, it's her birthday today, and so yeah, give it up. And uh, So thinking about what would she like, because I just don't want to disappoint. Then I think about what God gave us. Now, I don't know that he had a dilemma with that one. I don't know that he spent, uh, how long he spent thinking about it, what he was going to give us. But the mind boggles on what he could have given us. Uh, Think about what God could have given us. He could have given us very valuable diamonds, handed them out, had the angels hand them out to all of us. I mean, I'd like a diamond, big diamonds, gold. Jesus got frankincense and myrrh and gold. Like, that's pretty cool. He could have given us what they gave him when he was in the manger. Or he could have named a mountain after each one of us. That'd be pretty cool. Have, have your own mountain named after you. Mount Edmore. That's pretty cool. Uh, or he could have, let's go bigger. He could have named a moon after us and put some more moons up there orbiting and said, there's your moon right there, Ed's moon. Uh, He could have, he could have named planets after us. We're getting bigger now. There's so many of them and a lot of astronomers have planets named after them if they discovered the planet. He could have, let's go bigger, he could have named galaxies or stars or suns after each, each one of us with your own name on it. That'd be really cool. See, in our economy, big is better. In our, in our way of thinking, I'm talking about society and us as humans, we tend to think, well, the bigger it is, the better it is, but that's not always true. I think the, a bigger car isn't necessarily a better car. Some of the best cars actually are quite small. Yeah. I think about uh, churches. The, the, the big church isn't necessarily the better church. The best church is where you're going to grow and where you're going to become more like Christ. That can be huge or it can be really small. It's not not based on size. 
And when I think of what God ended up giving us, he gave us something small, not something big. He gave us his son wrapped in swaddling cloth. I looked that up. It's strips of linen, like wrapped up the baby to protect the baby. He gave us something so small and really in a lot of people's minds so insignificant, a baby. It's just another baby. But what he gave us in that baby, that Christ child, is a seed. And I want to go to uh, Isaiah 9-6, and we're just going to read the scripture here. Isaiah 9-6, for unto us, or to us, a child is born. Notice that the child, talking about his humanity, is, is born. That's what we're celebrating, the birth of the Christ child. A son is given. The son was not born because the son is eternal. That, that marriage between humanity and deity and theology is called the hypostatic union. It's where he's all human, but he's also all divine. This holy thing, it says in Luke, uh, describing this because there's nothing else to describe him because there was nothing else created like this before. He created uh, sons before with uh, Adam, but, but this time he's doing something so special. A son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. It doesn't look like it, baby in a manger, something so small, so insignificant, so weak and helpless, has to be looked after and fed. And, and, and God, when he sowed his seed, into his son, he gave, gave us that. He says, the government's going to be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If there ever was any doubt as to his deity, it's right here. Because only deity can be called Everlasting Father, Mighty God. Instead of big, he gives us small. Instead of a diamond, he gives us a seed. Which is more valuable, a diamond or a seed? Which would you rather have if uh, this Christmas time, if your loved one or whoever gave you a gift and you opened it up and it was a seed, how excited would you be? If you opened it up, especially ladies, and it was a big diamond, how happy would you, would you be? <laughs> Which is better? Which is more valuable? A diamond or a seed? One comes out of the ground. The diamond is extracted from the ground, and it has intrinsic value for sure. It can appreciate in value as time goes on. It looks ridiculously beautiful when it's cut. It sparkles. It dazzles. It has uh, the ability to be put into jewelry and made something very beautiful with it. But a seed, on the other hand, it looks ordinary, it's small. Nobody gives a seed as a gift, seriously. But which is more valuable, a diamond or a seed? See, he was the seed that saved the world. And when we look at Seeds, we generally think, oh yeah, that could be a tree. It could be an apple tree or a pear tree or a, uh, a whatever, orange tree. When we look at a seed, we see something that can come out of the ground, but it has to go into the ground first. It has to die. 
when we look at a seed, we don't see what God sees. God sees an orchard. God sees a harvest out of a seed. God sees something that can multiply and compound over and over again. Which is more valuable, a diamond or a seed? Well, a seed every day of the week, if it's the right seed. See, his seed is holy. His seed has the ability to produce generations. His seed, he says, the government will be upon this seed's shoulders. This seed will take over. I find it interesting because there's something about a seed that's not only life, which is the greatest present that anybody can give anybody is the gift of life. But the seed also has the ability, an incredible ability to destroy. I remember being uh, one of our houses, our old house up in Budrum. Everything grows if you from Budrum. It's just everything grows in Budrum. The soil's rich and there happened to be some seeds that weren't quite what we wanted to plant. We didn't plant them. They ended up just in there, and they found their way into a crack in the, in the concrete. And I thought, ah, it's nothing. I'll just leave it alone. I can't be bothered to go over and try to get it out of the crack. And so we just left it. It wasn't long before that seed had worked its way into that crack of concrete to the point where as it started to grow, it started to lift the concrete up. It would have destroyed uh, what was my office back then. It would have destroyed the whole building had we left it. The seed has an incredible ability, a destruction ability, the ability to destroy something. When I think about what this seed did and what God gave us, it says over in 1 John 3, I believe it is, it says that, uh, that, that God sent his son into the world to destroy the works of the devil. I think about the most important gift ever given was the gift of life, but that life also has an incredible ability and a whole mission to destroy something. See, Satan didn't come into the world to create anything. He didn't create anything. The same seed that created, however, becomes the same seed that saved the world, but also the same seed that destroys the kingdom of darkness. There's power in a seed. There's power in this gift that we celebrate at Christmas time that sometimes we don't acknowledge, we, we, we look past it, we don't fully get it. There's power in the fact that not only does he save you and I, the whole world, God, God loved the whole world that he gave his only son. That seed was sown. But also that seed has the ability to destroy the works of the devil. How does he do that? Well, the devil came and he, he came into the world, not, again, not to create. He came to sow discord and chaos into what was created. He came to destroy creation. He doesn't create anything. So how is God going to reverse that? How, how is he going to uh, remedy this as he's thinking about this gift, I'm sure, behind the scenes? Maybe, you know, he's in heaven and the angels are there and he's thinking, now what can I give humanity? I'm not going to name a planet. I'm not going to name galaxies after. That's, that's really child's play. It's no good, really. It's not going to save anybody having a planet named after you or a galaxy in your name. What can I do? to remedy this? What can I do 
that will have a lasting effect? What can I give that will continue to multiply a seed? I'll sow the, the most valuable seed, and that's the seed of my son. Way back in the garden, in Genesis, in chapter 3, verse 16, I believe it is, the devil's in the garden, and God says this. He says that, that my son is going to crush the seed of, of, of Satan, the seed of the devil, and you shall bruise his heel. And we know that Jesus went to the cross, and uh, he wasn't crushed in the head, but he was bruised for our iniquities. He, he was chastised, it says in Isaiah, for our peace and, and our transgressions. And by his stripes we are healed. But what happened was the seed of the woman crushed, it says in the, in the language, in the Hebrew language, it crushed or destroyed the works of Satan, the works of the devil. What are those works? I just looked up some statistics here just to bring some kind of gravity to this. In the um, it's Genesis 3.15, I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And her seed, Jesus, shall bruise or, or crush your head. And you, Satan, shall bruise his heel. The same seed there. In um, the works of the devil over, this is uh, just some statistics as to what, what are the works of the devil, the outworking that Jesus came to destroy. There's been over 108 million people killed in wars in the, in the 20th century alone. That's the works of the devil. Close to 1 billion people killed in all the wars in history. That's the works that Jesus came to destroy. Nine million die every year. Every year, nine million people die of hunger. A child dies from hunger every 10 seconds. Over 27 million worldwide trafficked for labor and sex at any given time. 27 million is the population roughly of Australia. 27 million people traffic, mainly it says women and girls. 49.6 million people we're living in modern slavery in 2021. That's a lot of people that are living in slavery as we're enjoying our freedom. 27.6 million were in forced labor. 22 million in forced marriage. I love the fact that Jesus came to bring peace between us and him. I love the fact that we can sing joy to the world. I love the fact that God sent his son so that we can have joy, not just happiness. But I also really love the fact that God sent his seed into the world to destroy something, to destroy the works of the devil so that we don't sit back and go, oh, isn't that just terrible? 108 million people die in, in wars in the 20th century. Oh, isn't that terrible that close to a billion people died in wars, every 10 seconds, somebody dies of hunger. Isn't that just, isn't that, oh gosh, you know, you flick on the news. Oh, that's just so terrible. Well, the, 
Well, the Bible says that this seed that God sowed, that the government will be upon his shoulders. Last time I checked, we were the body of Christ. Last time I checked, the shoulders are part of the body. That the government will be upon his shoulders. Oh, that's ridiculous. How's that ever going to happen? Well, how is that seed ever going to lift up that slab of concrete? How is that seed going to destroy a house? How could that seed possibly let the seed grow? You'll have an orchard. Let the seed grow. You'll have something called multiplication. Let the seed grow. The seed is growing to a point now where the body of Christ has reached the world in a bigger way than ever before, solving a lot of problems. A lot of works of the devil have been destroyed. There's still a lot of works, church, to go. When we're celebrating Christmas, I want us to think about celebrating the destroyer of the works of the devil. I, I want us to think about the seed that saved the world, but the seed that, sla that slayed the devil's kingdom. I want you to know you are a weapon. Don't ever sit back and think that your Christianity is just a... Uh, kind of a flowery existence that really has no point or no purpose other than going to heaven. Uh, I want you to think that that seed that came in that destroyed Satan's kingdom, that you walk in that power this Christmas, that you're not anemic, emaciated, small, scrawny uh, churches and, and, and Christian people ha have nothing better to do. We've got a mission to carry out what he started with that seed, that that seed multiplies and this, this church is uh, uh, an example of that, that there are many of us now that started off with just one. There are many that, that's, that are in the world right now that, that started from just 12 disciples that Jesus sowed some seeds into as the sower sows. He went about sowing his word into 12 people, 72 people, and multiplication took place to now. There's, there's over a billion uh, people in the body of Christ worldwide. There's an uh, exciting adventure. So what do we do? What do we do with this ticking time bomb, this baby, God's seed, that saved the world? And the Word became flesh, it says in John 1.14. That's Christmas. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This greatest seed that was ever sown had to die. See, in Isaiah where it says, unto us a child is born, that's Christmas. But the second part of that, unto us a son is given, that's not Christmas. The son had to be given the seed had to be sacrificed at the cross at Calvary. This, this scripture is not entirely a, a Christmas scripture. Part of it is. But God had to sow his son, his seed at Calvary. Unless the seed goes into the ground, well, it just abides alone. It has to go in and die for it to multiply. Unto us a child is born. I love it. It's the start. It's Christmas. Unto us, a son had to be given, had to be sacrificed. What can we do? What should we do? 
three things very quickly. Number one, appreciate. Say thank you. I marvel. I think, thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God, for sending the seed, your son, into the world to save me, that you are the seed that saved the world, and I'm part of that, and I, and I stop at least once a week when I come to a worship service to go, thank you, God, for sending your seed to save me. I so much appreciate what you did, not just at Christmas in the manger there. I thank you for sending your son to die in my place. Second thing that we should be doing, that we can do, is to appropriate. Number one, appreciate. Number two, appropriate, which means this. I'm responsible to use what God's given me. It's where he says, be fruitful and multiply. That I can't just sit there thinking that he's going to do everything. I need to take what he's given me and get the soil of my heart continually prepared for that. Water it with prayer. Walk over it with the vision. Let God show you something this Christmas for direction as we head toward the end of this year and into a new year that God wants to show you your part in destroying some of these works of the devil so that the government will be upon the church's shoulders. Oh, this separation of church and state. We need to keep the two separate. That is the biggest lie of the devil there ever was. There's no separation. I don't separate myself from the mission that God called me into. We're called to go in and multiply. We're, we're called to go in and occupy. So occupy that space that God's given you and let the seed that God's given you water that, water the vision. Let that seed multiply and expand and continue to destroy something because there should not be anybody sold into, into child slavery. There should not be one person in bondage. I love the fact that our church has helped some, some, some women in domestic violence and supported them this Christmas. This should be ongoing. We need to be ongoing, watering the seed that's in each one of us so that can corporately, we can do a, a mighty work in the earth. This is not just about looking and singing some carols so we feel good. This is about destroying something that Satan's getting away with yeah. in this world. Not watching it go by, thinking that we're helpless when we're not. Yeah. The third thing is activate. Activate that gift. Activate what God's put on the inside of you. An active forth. Faith, faith without dead says, faith without works rather is dead. There's no point to faith unless it's, unless it's working. Always working. Thinking about how can I, how can I just help this, how can I work my faith to destroy part of, at least some of the, the works of the, how can I join hands with the rest of the body of Christ? Church isn't an event that we just attend. It's not an activity. It's not some kind of a show. It's who we are. It's who the seed who's in us wants to, wants to appropriate in this earth through you. That's the passion of the cross. I heard a story, whether it's true or not, I don't know. But it's, uh, I think it's worth repeating. There was this woman who was born blind. And she was raised just as a blind person. And she heard about all the beautiful things that people could, that could see, could see beautiful 
scenery and waves crashing against oceans and stars in the sky, sunny days, blue sky, children's faces, all the things that we who can see sometimes take for granted. And she became very bitter and very resentful towards everybody who could see because she couldn't. She became almost antagonistic towards people. And this man who she'd met took a liking to her to the point of falling in love with her. And he said to her, look, I love you so much. And she fell in love with him as well. She, she could see without seeing, she could feel his kindness. She could feel the love that, that he had for her. And so she drew upon that love and their relationship grew. And she said this, he, he said, will you marry me? And she said, if I could see, I would marry you. But time went on. And he'd say it again and again, will, will you marry me? And she said, if I, if I could see you, I, I would marry you. But I don't think it's fair that I can't see you can. I, I don't think it's fair on you that we would get married, but if I could see you, I, I would marry you. Well, one day he came in and he was just ecstatic because you see, you wouldn't believe it, but they perfected an eye transplant. And if we go today, if we get down there today, you can get an eye transplant and you can get your sight. She was excited. She was over the moon, excited, just like, let's go. And he's like, yeah, let's go. And so they went, and, and she got this eye transplant. And after they rolled her in, and she was operated on, and eventually they started to take the bandages off, the swelling went down, and she started to see this was a success. And she opened her eyes, and for the first time in her, her whole life, her whole world was changed. She could see the drapes in the room. She could see the, the nursing staff. She could see lights. And then she looked at him. For the first time, she could see her lover. And he said, now, now that you can see, will you marry me? And she said, no way. She said, you're blind. I'm not going to marry a blind man. He was cut. He was rejected. Her words were like a wound in his heart. She wouldn't do it. As he turned and, and walked away, he stopped. He turned around. And he said, even though you won't marry me, I hope that you will enjoy the gift that I gave you. You see, he was the donor that gave her her sight. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. It saved a wretch like me. I was, once was blind, but now I see. How, how were you blind? How, how did you see the chastisement of his peace was, our peace rather, was on him. Through his stripes, 
you are healed. The son was given. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for you so that you who were blind could be the righteousness of God in him. The seed that saved the world had to die so that you and I could be saved, so that the blind could see, so that you could be made whole. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. We celebrate the fact that a child is born. Born what? Born to be a seed to be sown so that the son can be given so that all that are blind and all the works of the devil and everything else that we see in this world that blinds us sometimes to the goodness of God, that he can destroy that. And the government shall be upon his shoulders and he shall be called wonderful. Counselor, which means like an advocate, a a defense attorney, not counselors in get on the couch and I'll counsel you, but your advocate, your attorney, your defender, mighty God, everlasting Father. I want to pray for us and I'd like our team to come up. Thanks. Seed, biggest seed most powerful seed ever sown was his life. I wonder if I wonder if you've received that life. I want to give you a chance. This this is one of our Christmas services. Next week we've got one on Christmas Eve and then a Thanksgiving service at the end of the year. The very last thing we're going to do is give thanks to God. Sunday morning, the 31st. But right now, he packaged a present for you. It wasn't a diamond. It wasn't a mountain with your name on it. It wasn't a moon named after you or a galaxy. It was a seed of his son. The only thing waiting is for that seed to be sown into the soil of your heart. Because unless that seed goes into your heart, it cannot produce the fruit, the desired result. It cannot save until you receive that seed. So if you've not done that, or perhaps you heard about the seed, you heard about Jesus, but maybe it's just bounced off the soil of your heart because of hardness of heart or doubt and unbelief, I wonder if you'd say yes to Jesus, yes to the gift of God. Yes, let the sun be sown into my heart. Unto you, a child was given this Christmas. Unto you, unto you, a child was born. Unto you, a son was given. So I'd like to pray. I'd love for you to pray out loud after me. If you want to receive the gift that God sown, that he gave, if you want to do that, I want you to pray after me right now. Say, Dear God, I thank you for sending your son, your seed, to save me. Jesus, I welcome you 
into my heart. Jesus, save me. I give you my life. In your name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's stand. Let's give God a hand clap of appreciation. Thank you so much. We're going to go out with a shout, but I also want us to go out with a mission. We've been part of a powerful service. We've seen generations, a younger generation up here singing, and we've got a great children's team next door. We've got a lot going on. If you want to join City Church team, just take the yellow card that Brownie mentioned and fill that out. We'll find a place for you. You can serve here. It's, it's an incredible privilege. You'll meet some people as well, but you'll be part of what God's doing more if you serve on his team to destroy the works of the devil. There's so much work that we can be doing as a church to correct things that we know are not right. We can see a lot more things like we did see with the uh, mothers in domestic violence being looked after this Christmas. There's so much opportunity out there that we collectively can do some amazing things on the Sunshine Coast and beyond. I'm just asking that you just sign up so we know, okay, you you're, you're signed up, you're, you're on board. We can, we can work together and we can start to see God's, God's kingdom established and the kingdom of Satan absolutely destroyed and the planet, amen? We have a mission. So I'd like all of us to be thinking missionally, not as in just missionaries, but missionally as in the mission that God gave us as his body. The government shall be upon his shoulders. So let's shoulder this together. Let's not just leave it up to a few. Let's do whatever we can, whatever God enables us to do. Let's get active. Let's, let's appreciate. Let's activate. Let's appropriate this. Amen? so that we can go out and change this world. I'm going to pray again for um, all of us that if you haven't been active in this church and part of a body of Christ, then I, I, would, I would pray that you would be. I would pray that you would seriously take it seriously because time is ticking on and that we can just see something powerful happen. Father, I thank you for each person here that all of us have a responsibility to shoulder the commission that you've given us. That when we celebrate Christmas, we want to celebrate the downfall of Satan's kingdom. Watching things that he's tried to construct, chaos come crashing down. Because together, as the body is your body, we can do it. Empower each person here with vision so that when they get up in the morning, they look forward to another day to destroy what the, what the enemy is, has done. He was a Terminator baby. And we are his Terminator body in this earth. The seed that saves, the seed that destroys. Each one of us has been given power and giftings beyond ourselves. Help us, Father. Help us to get active in that. Thank you so much for each person here. Look, you are valuable. Without you, something's going to be missing. So I would ask that you, that we wouldn't have to do it without you, that we 
can do it with you together. We can all get about doing what God wants us to do. Amen? Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.